Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. episode of piecing it together the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it and today on the show it's an episode that's been in the can for a while now it is terminator dark fate yes they tried to do another terminator nobody saw it but we had a great fun conversation about it uh but it was a little towards the end of the film's life cycle and decided to hold it for the VOD release which it is now out on VOD it's kind of a shame this movie flopped so hard because it was pretty damn good uh you know they tried really hard to pass it off as they always do when a new terminator comes out as the best terminator since T2 and it really is it's probably the best terminator since T2 but just think nobody cares anymore unfortunately i'm sorry to say to arnold and james cameron and everyone else involved but uh this was a fun movie it it has a lot of great things going for it it just no one cares but we care and we had a great time talking about it with me for this one is returning co-host brian garth from the band black camaro uh, we actually recorded this one. It's a very unique one. First of all, he edited it, so um, that's different for the show. And we recorded it in a private room at a library on this machine that he built that he will talk about in the intro of the episode. So let's get over to that here in a second. I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, all the major podcast apps, and of course, follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. So, with that said, let's get into this conversation about Terminator Dark Fate. Well, I'm rolling. Yeah? Yeah. We, we can just jump right in. Sure. I, I don't, I mean, what, yeah. how do you normally do it? Oh, we, we normally jump right in, but I mean, this is all different. I mean, we're, we're, yeah, we're in a weird place. We're at, we're at the West Sahara library. Sure. Should we tell people where we are? Yeah. I mean, it's not live. So that's not yeah. like they're going to be able to come here and well, uh, yeah. bother us. We're at the West Sahara library right now. And we were recording on this, uh, this Sahara West, Sahara West. That's right. This beautiful contraption that Brian Garth has brought with him. Why don't you tell people about this thing, the Monarch? Essentially what it is is a digital interface connected to a computer, connected to a monitor, connected to a keyboard in a nice wood shell that looks like a vintage stage piano. Yeah, I mean, this thing looks like if uh, if David Rosen ever started uh, doing live shows of his music, this would just be the perfect setup mm-hmm. for me. 
Yeah, because it's, nice. it's a MIDI keyboard with sample pads and a computer <clears throat> and a computer um, and a digital interface. However, we played our first show, uh, Tom and I, as Black Monarch, uh, essentially Black Camaro songs, but just the two of us using sure. the Monarch. And we realized right away that it was limited. The mm. two the two inputs as well as the four outputs. It's a very limited situation. So um, I traded out the 2i4, which is a slightly smaller unit for a third generation Focusrite 18i8, which is essentially 18 in, but on the box itself is four XLR in on the front. Right. You got to use the ADAT or whatever. to Four quarter inch on the back. And then there's an ADAT um, toss link. Yeah. On the on the rear as well, where you can add eight more from my Octopre, as well as a speed if in where you can add two more. Gotcha. Right. So total of eighteen in, and technically it's eight out. What do you think it would have cost to build something like this back in the days of Terminator Two? Back in the days of Terminator Two, ninety one. This right? would have cost about fifteen thousand, maybe twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, something this sophisticated. This is a heavy piece of kit. There's a lot here, right? So, I mean, and you also have to think in the nineties, digital conversion was just garbage, right? Um, right. So during Terminator Two, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, we're we're right now we are live at Sahara West Library recording into the Monarch. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a suitcase. It's a big wooden shell suitcase that you can it has a handle that you can carry it around did you look like uh arnold carrying the uh the thing of flowers as you were walking in here yeah i made sure that i wore (laughs) ray-bans um so that and uh, my leather motorcycle jacket yes i actually stole off of a guy at a bar on my way here um so we're going to be talking about uh, Terminator uh, Dark Fate today. Uh, Terrible but, name. <laughs> just really bad name. Terrible but, uh, name. you know, before we do uh, start jumping into some conversation about that, one last thing about your beautiful piece of equipment right here. Uh, Monarch does sound, I thought about this on the ride over here, like the future name of a new corporation that takes over in a reboot of Terminator one day. Right. Which is interesting because it's actually based on a 1976 Mercury Monarch. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when we came time to name this thing, I asked Tom for some suggestions. And instead of telling me, he just sent me an eBay link to the 76 Mercury Monarch that he was selling metal logos, oh. <laughs> you know, or plastic. What well, I think they're metal, whatever. But uh, you know, he didn't tell me a name. He just sent me an eBay link. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that that works. Go so I bought that. them and uh, emblazoned them across the front and rear of the Monarch keyboard. It works. Yeah, like but it. you're right. It does kind of. I mean, it's better than Legion. Legion, right? <laughs> Legion, which is also a car, isn't it? Uh, I don't know, but isn't it a TV show? Yeah, definitely a TV show. For those of you who haven't seen the film, Legion is the new Skynet. Yes. Essentially. S- Skynet did, uh, th- it failed, but machines still rose and machines still sent something back. And- right. So overall, did you like it, Terminator Dark Fate? I like Dark Fate. There are things about it I didn't like. I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot of those during this. Um, but overall, I did like it. I think it's a shame that it failed so hard. I mean, at this point that we're doing this episode, it's been out about two weeks and I'd be surprised if it's still in the theaters next week. That's how bad this wow. thing seems to be doing. That's unfortunate because it really, 
It really was fun. It yeah. really is good. And and I don't mean that in like a, you know, I mean, there were some fun things about all of the Terminator <laughs> sequels. No, I mean, it was it was pretty badass, like nonstop yeah. action. Um, had this film come out directly after T2 without mm-hmm. the three between it, even if it had come out today, it would have been amazing. Yeah. People would have been mind fucked by it because- they really went all out or all in. Mm. And this has to do with my first puzzle piece, actually. Sure. It's kind of a soft reboot, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's like a new thing, right? The soft reboot versus the total remake or whatever. Sure. Um, it's a soft reboot and much in, this, in the um, way that The Force Awakens was a soft reboot, mm-hmm. where The Force Awakens, you could say this part of it, this part of it, this part of it, this part of it. They were all kind of borrowed from yeah. right? the original Star Wars film. But what they did was, that was brilliant about it was they took the original characters kind of and integrated them into the story to, um, you know, bring a familiarity to it. Sure. Right? Like a good feeling. And, and that really worked because with the prequel Star Wars films, episode one through three, they were just kind of like, meh. Like none of the characters were the same and it didn't feel the same at all. It didn't have the same feeling as the original Star Wars trilogy. Whereas I felt like with The Force Awakens, they returned somewhat of that original feeling, the way it felt, the vibe of it, right? Yeah, you need those and, people that you, you, you're you familiar with all those years. Right. And that and Harrison Ford brought it. Chewbacca brought it. Um, even Princess Leia brought it, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever she was. Uh, General Leia. Right, General, right. Uh, whatever. Um, she even brought brought that familiarity, right? Unfortunately for audience members, there was a limited amount of C-3PO and R2-D2 in it, which <laughs> just like, oh my God, if they had made another one of those like uh, episode two or R2-D2's flying around with jet packs and they're, you know, in a droid factory. Oh dear. Oh, you know, like, <laughs> just wait for the just, next one. I think right. he's coming. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Dark Fate reminded me a lot of uh, The Force Awakens in that regard, where in this one, they brought back Arnold and kind of uh, a clever way, but the main draw—not draw, but the main um, connection to the Force Awakens was, was the Sarah Connor role. They brought back Glenda Hamilton right. as Sarah Connor, but also it was basically Terminator One. Mm. You know, it's the original Terminator film where they come in to to get the new quote Sarah Connor, sure, which you know, as you find out, is actually the new John Connor, but. Um, kind of uh, an amalgamation of both of those things, right? Kind of like a, she, the, the new character, Danny, uh, Danny Ramos or whatever, she was a, she was John Connor and Sarah Connor. Right. And the same kind of character, right? But um, the savior. Mm. Uh, the, the good thing though is that uh, Sarah Connor doesn't so much have like the burden in this film of being the Lady Madonna character, like the mother of Jesus basically, right? She doesn't have that, dragging her down although that that does motivate her but you know as we know john connor went kaput at the very beginning which i thought was fucking badass yeah we should talk about that for a second that made me feel really ill for a minute like whoa what (laughs) some people are really mad about that um i thought it was awesome i some people seem to think it invalidates terminator 2 like like it 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 completely does away with anything that you've built up in your mind about this story and I, I don't think so. I think, you know, things happen, pro, pro, you know, progression in stories happen. Life I mean, happens. yeah, life happens. And yeah, why not that that be the thing that eventually happens? Star Wars warning. Those were the same people who complained about Luke Skywalker right. becoming a hermit and blah, 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 blah. The beginning of Terminator Dark Fate where John Connor meets his end. 
in the timeline of things happened probably like a year later after T2. So yeah, all right. You know, he didn't have a lot between the end of T2 and his death, but that's one story. Mm -hmm. This is the continuation of that story where they stopped him from being necessary anyway by destroying Skynet, right? right? The, in, in T2, they completely put an end to uh, the necessity of him surviving, right? Mm. Like the, he didn't have to survive because they ended Cyberdyne, they ended Skynet. There's no battle with Skynet. There's no right. need for the general. There's no need for John Connor, the the legend or whatever, yeah. right? And, and it's kind of interesting how that, informs Sarah, the Sarah Connor character in the new film. Um, she just looks like her whole life was pointless or something. You right. know what I'm saying? Like her whole, everything about her life was pointless. Although you do come to find that, you know, in her own little world, she's been killing Terminators for like yeah. the last 30 years. Killing Terminators and then getting blackout drunk the rest of the time. Right, night. right. Getting drunk and killing Terminators yeah. in that order. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think uh, just to go right off of that puzzle piece, um, the the recent Halloween also kind of okay. saw you know soft reboot thing, uh, ignoring half of the other movies and just you know picking up from where they want to, taking the pieces that they want to take of the classics and continuing the story from there. Right after Halloween one, the original Halloween, right, right. right. She's not. Michael Myers' sister. Right, we're not taking shit, any right? of that crap. We're just, right. we're just jumping to a point in the story that we want to cut off at and continuing from there. Uh, I really, truly think this is going to be something we're going to see more of in the future from, from more movies, more sequels. I think they're going to just randomly decide, oh, no, the real story continues from that one point. All the other ones is another timeline or whatever, and we're just going to tell our own story, our own version of what would have happened after that point. And I mean, if you've got the original people back on board, it's like, why not, I suppose? And I think this is a great version of that. I can't really speak to Halloween because I, I don't even know if I've ever seen the other Halloween movies other than the original and maybe one of the Rob Zombie reboots. And So you're saying specifically that you predict that uh, movies that have had multiple sequels, the new trend is going to be the new version is going to erase all those bunk sequels yeah. and just be a continuation of the original film. I think it'll happen. You'll, you definitely would have to find a property where people feel that the sequels were less than. Yeah. Uh, they could easily erase. I could the see them doing it with over. Jurassic Park. That would be one that would be appropriate to erase some of those sequels. They are kind. It seems like they may be headed that direction with um, the casting of the new film that's right. supposedly coming out, where it's all three of their mains from the original film, yeah, teaming up with the two mains of the new film, which is interesting too. But sure. uh, what do you got for your next piece, though? Um, okay, so for my next piece, uh, I I don't know. Maybe this is something that. I've just missed a thousand times and it, it, it first came to me when I played, um, the game uncharted three, mm. uh, uncharted video games are known for how cinematic they are. We've actually gone over this before on a previous podcast. I think I used uncharted as a puzzle piece before, but, um, uncharted three specifically, uh, Drake's deception, um, as well as the film, the mummy. 
uh, Tom Tom Cruise film, The Mummy. Okay. It seems to be a common trope now to have a cargo plane action sequence, right? <laughs> Where it's not just about being on a cargo plane, but it's about that cargo plane fucking going down, dude. Mm-hmm. Like this shit is going down and we're going to be flopping around in the back of this thing as it's going down until it actually goes down, right? Uh-huh. And um, the closest I would say uh, would Although the mummy was more, uh, it was a little different. Like it wasn't so much like a shoot 'em up action sequence. Drake's Deception or Uncharted Three is probably the closest because of the beats, like the timing of everything, how it rolls around. While this plane is going down, they're dodging like boxes of cargo in the back and yeah, hiding behind it. Oops! Oh, look at that! That guy got knocked out the back by flying cargo. What yeah. do you know, right? And all the way up to the end, where they have to use some sort of parachuting. Yeah. Not a parachute on their back, mind you, but some other thing that has like an oversized parachute on it. To land uh, in a safe area, it seems like, oh, great, we're safe. But oh, no, now we're not. Now we're in another situation, right? Yeah. Like, now we're in the water in this dam in Terminator Dark Fate, where, um, which was actually, I thought was probably one of the cooler fight sequences, like a f- fucking Terminator's fighting underwater. What? Man, that shit was dope. And- and um, I don't know, like, I think a lot of the, a lot of the things they did in that film, they're going to go way underrated, like way like unnoticed because people are just not going to notice the film. They're not going to watch it. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So I would say Uncharted 3, The Mummy slash every film that has a cargo plane action sequence. I mean, come on, name one. Well, it's so, I, it's so funny you're bringing this up because that was actually one of my puzzle pieces. Right. Uh, but for my example, I was going to use, uh, I have three more, although I Shit. honestly, I know I honestly can't even remember for sure. If so they there's all at least five. It. Yeah, I know. But uh, at least six, I, technically. I'm, I'm pretty sure it happened in Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, no, no, no. It, it did. It was in a Fast and Furious it, they Fast and Furious 7. Fucking parachute out in the cars or whatever. Yeah, I think that was 7. Whatever one had Charlie's Theron, I, I think it was that one. Uh, yeah, and then also, it. didn't happen in Mission Impossible Fallout also? Uh, you know what? I tried to go, I tried to conjure that one up. I don't think so. I think the, the action sequence of that was him getting on it. But what you might be thinking about is the scene where they um, were doing the um, halo jump. Right, but there, there's like fighting and things happening at the back of the opening and nobody is like, nobody seems to be getting affected by the fact that they're standing outside of an open airplane. Right, right. They're just standing up on this yeah. thing that could technically be sucking them out. You're right. No, no. Um, <laughs> right. You're, you're probably right. I, I did think about Fallout. I yeah. really did because, you know, the whole him grabbing onto the plane thing and all that shit. That was actually the fifth one, right? Yeah, that was Rogue Nation where he's hanging right. off the plane. Yeah. I mean, but you're right though. Planes sequences are big right now when it comes to effects heavy movies they they you know it's interesting about that is um i don't know if they it it being uh what's it tim miller right the director of the film yeah him being a special effects guy he makes films from that perspective uh although i love action i love action films i love special effects i love all the sequences from terminator terminator dark fate was one long special effect action sequence sure, right yeah. um and and that's not to say it fell flat on story i don't think it really did i think it had some bonkers moments in the story that the, if had they just omitted it would have been way better of a film but Absolutely. uh it was an odd choice to do the cargo plane thing they just needed 
to keep the action moving and they needed to be able to get them from here to there. So they're like, how do we do it? Uh, a fucking cargo plane. Because it's like, how do we get this military, high-grade military device Mm -hmm. At the same time, we need them to escape. I think there's just the action special effects creator mindset was like, sure. oh, let's put them in this. And then they go right to the trope. Come to think of it, I think Genesis had a uh, a plane scene too, um, a plane crash scene. T3 definitely did. Okay. Um, in fact, that was, that was going to be my next piece, unless you wanted to tell us the rest of your, see, how many more of the uh, cargo plane movies? No, I just of? had those three. So Which yeah, were, Hobbs and Shaw, Hob Mission Impossible, Fallout, and whichever Fast and Furious it was, I think it was seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. two Fast and Furious movies, two yeah. high, high octane action flicks, right? Yeah. Um, they go to the cargo plane sequence. Um, and there's, there has to be at least a dozen more. Oh yeah. It's the, it's right? the new in thing. Um, when we did, uh, the mission impossible one, we spent the most of the time referencing older mission impossible films sure. where they were paying homage to them or whatever. But I think that what they did with this film and, and, and it's another part of me is kind of like a little upset that they're like, Oh, this is all fresh. It's all new. It's a new idea, a new concept, blah, blah, blah. Fuck those other movies. I feel like they mined those films hard as fuck for like the, the elements that worked and just integrated them into this film. I'll run down the list, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb and just ignore Genesis because if Genesis was interesting, it was cool. Like I liked that they showed the time travel and the future and all that. But for the most part, it was just like seeing how closely they could recreate the scenes from the original films and shit. And that just kind of bothered me a little bit. Right. Uh, in Terminator 3, the TX or Terminatrix, the female Terminator, if you want to say female Terminator, but <laughs> whatever, uh, they they said, okay, so how are we going to step up? In T2, we we made this liquid guy that was like, holy shit, that's, that's so different from the original endoskeleton Terminator guy, right? Yeah. So for T3, they went, they were like, well, how are we going to up that ante? Well, this is what we'll do. We'll take that liquid idea and then throw the skeleton underneath it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, all right. And they also, uh, she also had the ability to like talk with technology. If you, if you remember that oh, at all, yeah, yeah. she could like lock into modern technology and like hotwire the robots and mm -hmm. like she reprogrammed them, you know, but she was also able to like tap into systems, which was a, kind of a new feature for the Terminator franchise. Where when T2 came out, we really didn't have the internet. Nobody knew about that shit yet. So that wasn't like something that was like, ooh, that's creepy. Now, um, the new guy, you know, he's got his eyes and yeah, everything. Yeah. Uh, drones, you know what I mean? Um, can tap into like the cameras on streetlights. And okay. there were so many different things. Okay, so like another major thing that they did, they decided like, okay, well, we've had like male Terminators for so long. Let's add a, a, a female to the mix, right? Mm -hmm. Let's bring in a, a female Terminator and they kind of borrowed from that and this new film by having Mackenzie Davis's character sure. be a hybrid human. The main good guy from Salvation was also a half machine, if you remember correctly. Uh, right. Right. So he, and, and, you know, of course you don't find out until the middle or something uh, of the film, but Sam Worthington's character was really cool in, in theory, but just did not get fleshed out very well. Like it didn't work as well as it could have. Sure. And I feel like with Mackenzie Davis's character, they really 
borrowed from that concept of the hero is actually a machine now. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they had they had to work, they had to make her a little bit more human than mm. Sam Worthington, who's just a guy who like stares at shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. walking around with a trench coat staring at things. Uh, Mackenzie Davis was a badass. She ruled in this. Yeah, I, she I, I was ass. really worried from the trailer. I thought she was going to be really lame. And- I thought- the whole film was going to be lame because yeah. of the trailer. I thought, I thought the whole like I'll be back when she when uh, they put that in the trailer. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This yeah. movie looks so bad. Yeah, and um, those were some of the best things about it. Sarah Connor's one-liners, Mackenzie Davis's physicality, just like how her martial ability, I guess, like her ability to just beat the shit out of the ter- the new yeah. Terminator, the Rev she was 9. Badass. No, for she lack kicked of a ass. Better word. She kicked ass. Yeah. So like I feel like they borrowed a lot from those films, right? Um the Grace character, Mackenzie Davis, was uh kind of a cybernetic human, a la Sam Worthington from Salvation. Um also one big thing that uh they borrowed from T3, which might not even, you know, ring in, in people's minds when they watch it, but the inevitability of this AI future. Mm. Uh, T3, the whole purpose was it kind of just shot the whole, there's no fate but what you make the idea to hell. The thing that Kyle Reese told Sarah Connor, then Sarah Connor told John Connor and blah, 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 blah. There's no fate but what you make. But then in Terminator 3, the Terminator spells it out. He's like, you only stop the inevitable. You know, this is something that is going to happen. It was set in stone. You just slowed down the process. Yeah. So that movie kind of threw the whole, there's no fate but what you make thing to hell. It was just like, no, no, no. This, this future is inevitable. I never really thought about it until right now, but I think maybe that's part of the reason why people don't like these movies very much mm. anymore is they just don't like that kind of negative outlook. Right. That and the three movies were... That were not very good. That were not very good. They <laughs> yeah. really burned people out on them. I actually talked to a Terminator quote in, in air quotes, Terminator fan who I was like, yeah, go to come see Dark Fate. He's like... I will not be fooled again. Thank you. Mm. I'm just like, damn, all right. It's like that. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. I find that so strange because I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is three bad ones in a row. I mean, not really bad. I like Terminator 3 and I didn't think Genesis was that bad. I I hate Salvation though, but- Uh, uh, I thought Genesis was worse than Salvation. Nah, I'm the other way around. But, But that being said, it's only three movies over 15 years. I don't think it's like that- common of a thing to get a bad Terminator movie. I don't understand why everybody's so burnt out on these. I, I Well, because I think the um, it, it's a testament to how badass the first two were. That's possible. Uh, yeah. In particular, the second one. It's, like it's the best legendary. action movie ever made. Right. Everybody's just like, oh my God, they just have these memories. Maybe it's rose-colored glasses. I don't know, because I actually recently watched T2 and it like 98% still holds up. Yeah. Um, some of the effects don't look as good as effects do these days, but the idea, the concepts, everything about it still really fucking holds up. So I think that that's probably what it is. You know what I mean? It's like um, the fact that none of them could compare to yeah. T2. None of them did. But you're also right. You are kind of onto something with that. In fact, it's one. it's the major thing, one of like, two or three major gripes I have about Dark Fate, and those are the only gripes I have, Mm. but they are major gripes, um, is that the whole time, like I said, they're borrowing this um, fate is inevitable thing from T3, but then they throw in the like, 
pointless little speech about there is no fate but what you make, which is coming from the mouths of characters who have never met Kyle Reese, have never met John Connor, have never mm. met anyone who's ever said it just like that. But it's like, oh, there's no fate but what you make, except for the fact that somehow fate put those exact words into your mouth. Jeez, interesting. It's weird how they did that. Like all they had to yeah. do was just omit that shit, right? Yeah. Get rid of that. That is completely unnecessary. It drove me nuts how they spent the whole movie showing you how, no, the future is inevitable. This is going to happen. And then for no fucking reason, they make the character look like a moron by saying some dumb shit like, there's no fate but what you make. Clearly, this is fate being like forced on you. Like you're not making this happen. This is some shit that is going to happen. I think we're both in agreement that that's the worst part of the movie. Like that drags the movie down. Right. That as well as anytime they go to the future and show Mackenzie Davis as a child and all that shit. I don't think that they really needed to do that. Although to stick with my, you know, puzzle piece of T3 and salvation. uh, One thing I noticed that was, borrowed from salvation was this idea of a very highly technological future military, right? That mm. is is fighting the resistance is techn- uh, technologically advanced, right? Where when you watch the first two Terminator movies, aside from having maybe like pulse rifles or some shit, they're driving around in like 1982 Toyota Hiluxes with fucking <laughs> steel panels welded to the side that are like flipping over and shit. And it's yeah. just like, uh, they look like some ragtag resistance, you know, whereas Salvation brought the idea that, no, these people have fucking helicopters and they got like technology, man. They, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're, they're a well-oiled machine. They're just outnumbered by Terminators who can mass produce, you know, sure. and, and they kind of b- borrowed from that for this film in their future. Uh, it was even more technologically advanced than the Salvation future showed us, right? Yeah. The uh, Mackenzie Davis future, um, Grace, right? Sure. I don't think they ever said her last name, but Grace's future military force was uh, highly technologically advanced. In fact, the the plane or whatever that they were flying in, I thought it was a Terminator plane. I was like, what? And then they right. show them in it. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow. So, you know, they had like a, a, a technological future, which I thought was good. Those parts were necessary. Mm-hmm. But showing her as like a kid in like 2023 or whatever the fuck it was supposed to be is like, I don't the think it, point pay, it didn't that? pay off anything. It did. It didn't even need to exist. Yeah. We didn't need to know. Like we never saw John Connor, like petting Kyle Reese as a boy's head in Terminator one for the Kyle Reese character to pay off. Right. right. We never even saw it in Terminator two for the Kyle Reese character to stay fresh in our minds as a, a noble character. Right. So why did we need that bullshit in Terminator Dark Fate? Why did we have to like show the mother-daughter relationship between the the young girl, Danny Ramos, and Grace's character? Why did they have to show that in the future? It was so stupid. It didn't matter. And then, then, I mean, why did they give her cornrows? What the (laughs) fuck was that? Like- she here like cornrow Danny Ramos like <laughs> that doesn't even make sense what the fuck and why did they just use a different girl although it did occur to me why they did it re- okay. recently it didn't it occurred to me why they didn't use a different actor because it really isn't that much further in the future the movie dark fate takes place maybe a year or two before the shit hits the fan mm. right so what we're seeing is we're seeing um, 
the Mackenzie Davis character, Grace, shortly after the shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. So it's probably only a year or two after this film. That's why she still looks the same. That makes kind of sense, right? Because mm, yeah, yeah. remember in the end of the film, her and Sarah Connor roll up in the Jeep and they're watching her with her parents and she looks exactly the same age as she did in the uh, post-apocalyptic future. Right, right. So we're like, oh shit, we're butt- butted right up against the uh, the new judgment day. That makes guess, sense. You know? Yeah. But still, it was like, it bothered me that they felt they needed to show that. And then the whole like, this is what they want us to do. <laughs> this is exactly what they want us to be fighting each other. I was like, what the fuck? Where, where did this movie just go? Like, right. this is t- completely unnecessary. This movie was badass all the way up to this moment. And now all of a sudden, like, the fuck? Yeah. They could just left that out. Well, you know what? Before I go on to my next uh, main puzzle piece, I do want to kind of just just piggyback right off what you were just talking about there and just bring up the first two Terminators. You were mainly talking about Terminator 3, Salvation, and uh, Genesis. Uh, but I mean, absolutely Terminator 1 and 2 as well. I mean, it it's still the future is sending back a Terminator to protect oh, right. the savior thing. And I mean, that that whole plot is basically the same still. And I think they can't seem to get away from that that plot. You know, they they just need to keep re regurgitating that same plot, unfortunately. Right. Which, you know, to be fair. I guess that lends to the reboot thing. It it does. And you know, I'm trying I, I tried to think about that. Like, how could they make this different? And it always leads back to how do we get something from the future to show up in the past where like you're because the character always has to be like, what the fuck? They have to be out and outmatched by this future technology that it's like, what the fuck do we do? Yeah. You know, otherwise it's like, oh, all I got to do is just turn off their Wi-Fi signal. Duh, you know, <laughs> like if it was something from today, right? right? So I think that's really where it it uh, it harms it. However, if those three movies between it didn't exist, nobody would give a shit about the fact that it's the same thing again, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how would you fix that? Yeah, I don't know. A Terminator I, from the future coming back to the past to kill somebody. How especially you? when you consider that my least favorite Terminator movie, Salvation, does get rid of that whole, you know, that whole thing and does its own story, its own plot. Um, and I hated it so much. So it's like, oh. how you know, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't for the writers of this thing. I think it, it really just comes down to it being a a a really great story structure to to create for a time travel thing. I mean, it just kind of works. Sending yourself back to to protect yourself, you know? Right. To to uh sending your own savior back to protect yourself. Which is weird because the the Kyle Reese loop is a little different too, mm-hmm. because Grace is not the the father or the mother of Ramos's child, right? Right. Whereas Reese had to come back in time to protect Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. He had to come back in time to create the guy who could send him back in time. Yeah. You know, so I was like, oh, shit, what? <laughs> <laughs> if, if John Connor dies, then he never sends Kyle Reese back. Mm-hmm. Kyle Reese never comes back. Sarah Connor's dead. There's a paradox there that's just like, oh, fuck, it'll fuck you up. Um, which also brings to light the multiverse theory. Well, especially of, when you get in, into Terminator 3 and, you know, forward from there, because we, we have the multiverse. We're seeing it in all of these different things. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to be able to write them off that way. I, I think uh, 
it was clever. It was better for them to not send back some sort of like this person gives birth to this person, gives birth to that person, and then sends them back to give birth to them or some shit. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm also glad that they didn't use um, Danny Ramos as a fucking womb. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this girl is a womb. No, this girl is, is a future badass too. She's not just Mary, mother of Jesus here. She is a future soldier that exactly. is necessary to um, saving the world. Although that's a problem that I have, have had with all of them. Sure. Is that if John Connor's so special, then why does any of that shit happen anyway? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what future is he really there's that saving like he's not really saving anything it's an awful future you look at it and it sucks and then he dies in it um and and they killed john connor off in terminator 3 man they fucking killed him in t3 they sent the arnold back that killed john connor which is interesting that they did this in that's another thing they borrowed right yeah arnold killed john connor Mm -hmm. um in t3 we never saw it but the one that killed him i did was sent back (laughs) The one that killed him was sent back as a nice guy to protect him again or whatever. It's all over the place. It is. Well, uh, I'm going to go with another puzzle piece Mm -hmm. while we're at it. Uh, And that is the reboot of Ghostbusters. Okay. The all-lady Ghostbusters uh, from Paul Feig. And the reason for this is not so much the movie itself. Uh, I'm not going to point to the fact that there's, you know, mainly female heroes here and that whole thing. But more so... The reaction to that, the whole where we're at now with society with with incels and all that shit, oh, and everybody yeah. complaining and getting angry on the internet and all that, and and just being monsters all over the all oh you over mean online. about about flipping the yeah the cast from male to female or yeah. from white to black or from all of that right all of the above and the reaction to that I think this movie in some ways is James Cameron and Tim Miller saying. Fuck these people. Mm. You know, we're going to do it with Terminator. We're going to do it twice as hard. I hope so. Um, Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Ghostbusters, it does, it does have a similar thing. Although, interestingly enough, I didn't really, I don't know if it was just from the, the um, almost universal disinterest in the film. Mm -hmm. I didn't really see anybody going, oh, Jesus. Oh, it's all girls now. Oh, a girl, John Connor or whatever. I didn't really hear a lot of bickering about it either because people were disinterested in the film or maybe it's starting to have the effect on people or, you know, starting to work, you know, doing that, it's starting to like get people used to it and not be pricks about it. Right. Exactly. uh, I don't, I I don't really know. I'm, I don't really look at it that way. I just look at things like, oh, I I like, I like the actors that they picked for this, you know, like with Ghostbusters, I like all of those actors. Um, I thought that it was going to suck because it's Ghostbusters. Right, like, right. How could they possibly make a, another good one? Like, I don't fucking think they can. I'm, I feel bad for uh, Reitman's kid, Jason yeah. Reitman, working on Ghostbusters 2020. That movie's going to suck. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be fucking awful. It's going to be like when I, when I heard um, kind of the synopsis that they were floating around for Goonies 2. Mm. They were contemplating calling it Groonies. Because they're grown-ups? No. Oh. But that's geez, God damn it. <laughs> no, because what it what it revolves around is data from the original film uh-huh. has like a uh, a tech store, right? He has a technology store that all of these little kids in Astoria hang around, and he refers to them as the Groonies. 
Oh. And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. They're going <laughs> to fucking just totally like stereotype. They're going to name it after the way an Asian person speaks. Yeah. English. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that. that's really good. That's a great move there. Good, good fucking... What the fuck? You can't do No, that. you know, I know. Maybe that's why Groonies 2 has stopped production. Like, we haven't heard much about it in, in a while, you know? The kids are like, why do you call us Groonies? You know, and then you're going to slowly meet the other characters or whatever, but... Um, that's problematic. I, I could see, I could definitely see, because that, that was how they were thinking of making Goonies 2 was kind of like a, a soft reboot of the series using the, some of the original characters as older characters, maybe the parents or some shit. But, oh my God, dude, there's no way they can do it and bring back like Corey Feldman. Get right. the fuck out of here. If Corey Feldman is in Goonies 2, I am not going to see it. You're going to see it. No, I'll see it. I'm not going <laughs> to see it. I'll wait till that shit comes on Netflix or whatever right. and watch that shit on Netflix. I will make sure that it has less than a stellar opening weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> There's no fucking way I would go see a Corey Feldman Goonies 2. In fact, I probably wouldn't go see a Goonies 2, but it's hard to say. I, I'm, a, I'm a grown-ass man now. There aren't like children actors that I'm like, oh my God, I got to see that. Right. Same with uh, Stranger Things. That, movie, that show is basically the Goonies. Right. Uh, although it's not half as good. Mm. You know, it's not even half as good. Everyone likes Stranger Things because of the nostalgia. They don't like it because it's a great story. It's fucking dumb. They've been telling the same stupid story for three seasons now. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, this person has magic powers and they're, she can keep the hole closed. <laughs> like, better keep your hole closed, 11. What? <laughs> no. 11, close the hole. What are you doing? 11, get over here. We need you to close the hole. We need you to close that vagina on the wall, 11, please. <laughs> Use your use your magic head powers to close the the wall vagina. Uh, I had one more puzzle piece. It was okay. a minor piece. It was sure. a minor piece. It was more of uh, a reverse meta piece. Um, interestingly, after watching Dark Fate, uh, I decided to go back in time mm -hmm. and uh, kind of discover Mackenzie Davis because, as I said, I. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's going to be really good in this. I'm like, who the fuck is she? She played a cyborg hooker in Blade Runner 2049 for like five seconds. You know? I didn't even know she was in that. Yeah, she was yeah. one of those, the um, replicant prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, that, wow. And I'm like, well, I mean, she was cute and all. But what I didn't know is that she does actually have a pretty decent um, back catalog. There was one in particular that's streaming on Netflix called Halt Catch Fire. She plays a coder, Cameron Howe, which is interesting because she plays a coder in the 80s, 80, 1983, I believe is when it starts, where, you know, there's kind of a, a tech world already in existence, but they're kind of placing her there. I wouldn't say they're like Forrest Gumping her into these situations, but they're kind of placing her at the, um, at the forefront of, say, the creation of the internet, the creation of online gaming. The second season jumps forward a little bit to 1985. There's a whole entire episode uh, called Extract and Defend which it's really interesting because I don't know, I want to say this show came out in 2017 or 2016. I don't know what, when this episode came out, but it was years before she was cast as 
the Grace character in Terminator Dark Fate. That's for fucking damn sure, mm. right? But the whole episode Extract and Defend takes place in 1985. is filled with Terminator references. There's a scene where at first they thought it was just going to be a quick, subtle, like, oh, that's cool. But the whole fucking episode is like Terminator referenced, right? Where she mentions how a Terminator is going to come back in time to save Sarah Connor or whatever. Hmm. And, and that came out of her mouth, which is interesting because her character's name is Cameron. James Cameron directed Terminator, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, here she is basically describing her character in Dark Fate, hmm. right? Talking about Kyle Reese going back in time to save Sarah Connor. She is the Kyle Reese character who goes back in time to save the Sarah Connor character in Dark Fate. And she, you know, even utters like the line, I'll be back in it. And like, um, you know, the, the, even the video cassette for Terminator shows up in the, in the episode. Yeah. Like they're all watching Terminator. So Terminator is just like scattered throughout this episode, extract and defend, which is basically her her MO in Dark Fate. Yeah, yeah. To extract her from the fucking factory and defend her from the Rev 9. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. Like I was like, holy shit, that's really kind of cool. Like they I don't know if if that informed her character, but I'm almost certain that when somebody was like, you're gonna be in Terminator, or when she was on the set of Terminator or whatever, she had to have thought back to this episode. Sure, yeah. Where they, she probably had to watch Terminator or whatever so she could reference it in 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 the show or whatever, you know? And, and like she has lines, whole lines where she's mentioning the plot of Terminator in, yeah. in the show, which, you know, might be a little problematic that they have a copy of Terminator and everyone knows it so well. Right, it was already, still like, just a little... Huh. Right, it was a little a small movie and um, I probably didn't even see Terminator until... Uh, after I saw Terminator 2. Yeah, I don't think I did either, actually, come to think of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard great things about this show, though. Um, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I should check it out one of these days, because she she is really good. She uh, That's another thing that I had to mention, was um, watching her in this show, not only is she very good in it, but it's a completely different character from the Grace character in Terminator, right. which just showed to me how much range she has, not just as an actor, but... I mean, like I said, she just kicks ass in Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. So not only is she a new, entirely different character, but she also got the physical part down where like, yeah. you know, she just looks like a fucking militant badass where in Halt and Catch Fire, she's just like a programmer kind of punk rock schlep. They're probably going to drag her into a Fast and Furious after this. You think so? Yeah. I mean, she's got the training now, so they might as well. Yeah. Right. She'll have fun. <laughs> well, I'm going to do the finished puzzle, um, and then we'll get into any closing thoughts we have about this movie. Uh, finished puzzle includes The Force Awakens, Halloween, Uncharted 3, The Mummy, Fast and Furious 7, I think it was, Mission Impossible Fallout, Hobbs and Shaw, all of the previous Terminator movies, Ghostbusters, and Halt and Catch Fire. Um you know, first uh, closing thought I had was earlier this year, uh, Stallone with Rambo Last Blood uh, had to go in and out of Mexico and deal with the border and all that stuff. Oh, and okay, I, just, yeah. I just thought it was funny that uh, both Stallone and Schwarzenegger are back this year with movies where they have to go in and out, go of, Mexico. In and out of Mexico. Yeah. The interesting thing about Dark Fate was it felt like Southern California or something. Like, where, where are they? Like, in, yeah. in fact, 
they almost had to explain to you that they were in Mexico. Yeah. But that's also because they were at, um, and this is very common down there, but they were at a, an American factory in Mexico. Mm. And, and if you didn't really notice that that's what was going on, they made her boss a very Anglo-American boss. If you remember right. her boss, remember like she goes to the boss and yeah, yeah. he's just like this, this white dude who's like, does not speak a lick of Spanish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like, oh, what? And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird that they they definitely messaged a little bit, but I don't think that it was messaging like trying to make a point as much as it was, this is where we are at this in this part of the world at this point in time in sure. our history. And that's it. Yeah. I, I really don't think that, even like with the border thing and like the people in cages and shit at the border, I don't think it was so much them trying to message about that right. as it was, well, what would be going on right here at this time? Yeah. And, oh, wow, we could set it in there and that could be like a really good like backdrop for this. Plus, I mean, if you think about it, it really, it really served to like kind of trap the characters up a little bit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like here are these um, Mexican nationals that are trying to cross the border. Mm-hmm. You know, and clearly they have a really good fucking reason to be doing it. Sure. No, no, you don't understand. There's a machine that's chasing me. Like, uh, yeah, okay, get the fuck in the cage. Yeah. <laughs> you, real quick, uh, speaking of that machine chasing them, we, we didn't really talk about the bad guy enough. I think we should talk about him for a minute. I, I wish they went into uh, more detail about him and his character, like what his whole thing is. I, I said it to you after we watched the movie about, I didn't even realize it while watching it. It wasn't until after the fact that his like upgrade this time around was being more personable and being able to fit in with people. Sure. Sure. I, I think um, that's really interesting and it could have been explored so much better. Um, You know, I think they, I think they nailed it. And the only reason why I think they nailed it is because you and I both recognized that he was, more personable, right? Right, right. Especially in the scene where he walks up to the two cowboys mm-hmm. and he, you know, like you even mentioned, you mentioned the two tours in Afghanistan. Yeah. But the whole thing where he's like, oh man, you better believe I was praying. Yeah. I was praying <laughs> as hard as I could, boys. And they were like, ah, right, amen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all right, like, brother. Right, all right, brother. And then he's like, hey, by the way, you know where I can get myself a helicopter? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you there. Um, I liked that he was too separate entities that they had to like kind of compete against. And you did notice also, I did anyway, that when they were separate, they were weaker, Mm -hmm. right? Where, where it wasn't like, oh, he's two badasses now. No, he was like a lot more vulnerable as two. He needed to be separate so that he could try to do two things at once or whatever, but he was way more vulnerable. I got to say that is, and I was, I I was going to come up with some puzzle pieces for this, but that is such a video game thing. Mm. You know, there's so many, like, I, I, there's so many video games where like you, you can, you know, do something like totally unreal like that, like create a second one of yourself, but then you're leaving yourself vulnerable when you're doing it or something like that. You know, it's really upsetting that we're probably never going to get another Terminator movie or, or we will get one that is completely unrelated and it's like a TV show on the WB or some shit, or I don't know who owns this Fox. Yeah. Fox is a Disney film. Yeah. So we'll get a, we'll get something on the Disney plus, you know, and it's, and it's going to be, 
as shitty as the Sarah Connor Chronicles because I tried to watch that. It was garbage. I never even uh, Some people were like, oh my God, I liked all the actors in it. Yeah. I just thought it was a shit story. I thought it was t- shitty, like how they how they tried to make it work. It it's hard to do like, action yeah. sci-fi as just like a TV show. It's got to be big. Right, know? right. Um, you know, you got to, you have to have the budget of a streaming network. You have to have the budget of The Mandalorian or you have to have a budget of... Uh, the Star Trek Discovery, multiple millions of dollars spent on an episode. You know, yeah. like it's not, it's not like a next generation budget. Uh, it's, it's a, it's like a film budget. I can't remember Mandalorian or something like 15 million an episode. I'm not sure. I but... think it was, I don't think that they spend 15 million an episode. I just think that what they do is they take the total budget and divide it by how many apps. Sure. I think that show sure. has eight episodes. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not quite as big of a budget as say $150 million on a two hour movie. No. Cause TV, I mean, a lot of that is just like filling in gaps. Right. You know, like you, you write a movie and then you can just lengthen it. Sure. In between to cut it into episodes. But yeah. Um, I don't know. Where did we leave off? No, that I were just on closing thoughts. The Gabriel so, I mean, Luna character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was good. Yeah. He was good in it. Um, they showed a few things about the time travel that made it a little different. In the original ones, the time travel is hot. Time travel melts everything around Oh, it. sure, sure. Now it's right? cold. Right? Now, now it's, it's cold. I, it that, freezes everything around it. Yeah. So in the That's original Legion, films, like uh, you may or may not get it so much in the first film, mm-hmm. but in the second one, in T2, when, when you get that like spherical... Uh, cut out of the side of the truck. Remember where he appears at the truck stop or whatever. The T-1000 appears behind the fence and like it, it totally melted, took out that whole part of the truck in the shape of the globe that he was in. Right. And then I want to say it was T-3. I can't remember which one it was, but like the ground was like spherical, like melted away. Right. Time travel was always like hot. Mm Mm-hmm. And in this film, it was cold. And and it wasn't just cold, like, oh, I'm assuming, like, Back to the Future, like, oh, there was ice on it. But they went out of their way to show that both of them, when they went came back to our time, it, it caused, like, some sort of freeze zone. Like, sure, I, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that clothesline that they showed, which that was a weird choice to make, like... They're so bizarre how they did that. It was very strange. But but it like froze the clothesline and then the clothesline fell and kind of shattered or whatever. They changed the um, the physics of, yeah. of time travel a little bit. I have to film. assume that's just, uh, you know, Legion decided to do that. Yeah, that's Legion's version of time travel. Yeah, they, they programmed their own version or whatever, and that's just how it goes. Well, do you, do you think that uh, time travel is something that only... Um, machine AI is able to create? I think yes, actually, because uh, most likely we're not going to be able to do it on our own. Maybe maybe it'll be in tandem. Maybe we'll work together on it. But uh, definitely, I think AI is going to be involved when we finally get there. Did you expect me to answer that question? No, <laughs> no. not at all. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I was hoping you, you do pull the Dave Rosen. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. I really don't know. That's a good, good. Well, uh, I, you know, just real quick and then we'll wrap up. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, we already kind of touched on it just a minute ago, but what do you think the future of this series? Like, do you think there's a chance well, that we'll get a, I mean, 
it, they're not going to continue this. They they planned on this being a three movie uh, arc. It's not going to happen, right? And do, do you think it's going to reboot completely? Like you said, maybe a TV show, or do you, what? that's what that's where I see it going. Yeah, I see a future where um, maybe it won't happen for a while. Right? How uh, old is Schwarzenegger? Seventy two or something? Right? Yeah. Well, I had said if this He'll had be done dead well, before they make another one. Yeah, I definitely. I think if this had done well, they would have. CGI the shit out of him to right. the point where they can make 50 more Terminators with him. Forever. I think that's I think that's where it's going. It's either going to be an animated show mm-hmm. entirely, or it's going to be like a CG animated show, or it's going to be um so far in the future that the real Arnold's dead and his estate is like just like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. crank out this bullshit. But this shows that no one wants it though. That's the thing. Um, it, I don't if, think so. It flopped it. It's gonna lose like almost a hundred million dollars. This uh, shows that nobody wants an a 70-year-old Arnold Terminator. Yeah, for sure. Because if you watch the trailer, it's like, oh, look, Arnold's back and he's 72. Right. What? That doesn't make sense. Oh, look, Sarah Connor's back and she's 69. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool, I guess. Although, hey, man, they fucking killed it on that. Yeah. 1996 Sarah Connor, didn't they? She looked good. That, I mean, all of that, they've got that tech down. I'm one of the few people I know who was entirely satisfied with Peter Cushing appearing in uh, Rogue One. Everyone was like, oh, man, he looked fake. I'm like, fuck you. He looked incredible. The only thing that looked a little weird was like the mouth, maybe, you know, like it just like moves a little funky. But all, dude, come on, man. All they got to do is iron that shit out and it's. Who else Legit do you want them to bring back? They're bringing back James Dean now. Um, James Dean, I wouldn't mind um, in the future, like when I'm 50, uh-huh. I wouldn't mind seeing a young Bruce Willis show back up in some shit. You okay. know what I mean? Um, but who else would I want them to bring back? I mean, I don't know. Just just uh, like young Lindsay Wagner. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I really don't fucking know. Who would I want to bring back? Young Jane Fonda. Things like that. I, 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 could, I could see them bringing back classic film characters, but- I don't think it's it's going to be as ubiquitous as we think, right? No. I think really what it boils down to is how much those actors were the character. It's mm-hmm. going to be movies like that, right? I don't think we're going to see a bunch of Jane Fonda movies because I can't really think of, unless they remake Barbarella in 2037. Right. And they're like, let's just do a CG uh, Jane Fonda. Fuck it. Maybe Ford for like Indiana Jones or something. Um, no. I really don't see that happening um, because I don't think that's necessary. It's like, all about Schwarzenegger. Right. Schwarzenegger is is the Terminator for right. sure. Schwarzenegger is the fucking Terminator. I could only see them bringing back characters if they need to supplement a story in the timeline that that story happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Peter Cushing in Star Wars thing, right? Um, where it's sort of about the Death Star plans or it is about the Death Star plans. And as we know, he was the leader of the Death Star. You know what I mean? Like he was the grand moth of that plan. So if he's not in it, this movie is going to be a little weird, right? Right. So what do we do? Well, let's put him in it and and just CG his face a little bit. Kind of like they have so far in Terminator, man. I mean, if you think about it, like the action and speaking and stuff is all done by 70 year old Arnold, right? right? Not, it's not really done by a CG Arnold. There's some CG Arnold that's like that, but it's not, you know, as soon as the action happens, they kind of fucking cut away from his head. Like it's not, 
super CG Arnold through yeah, the whole yeah. thing, right? Um, in in the flashback John Connor death sequence, that was another actor entirely, and then they CG'd the Arnold face over him. Sure. Uh, similar to um, Genesis, yeah. when they went back and, and you know, your clothes, your boots, give them to me, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they, they pulled the same thing in Salvation, where he goes in, in the and factory. they find the factory yeah, yeah. where they're making them, and then he comes out. That was the like, guy from Son of the Beach, I think. And then they they put Arnold's face on him or something. I don't see them doing that as much as we anticipate them doing that, right? right. So are they going to CG people's faces in shit? I don't know. James Dean, that's something else. I know that there's there's an uproar about that, but that is not going to be successful. And then <laughs> it will flop and then we'll not make another one. Yeah. Right. And, and the truth is, it's like, fuck James Dean, man. <laughs> fuck James Dean. And even uh, fuck Marlon Brando. Fuck all of those assholes. Yeah. Like they're important, but they're not important enough to keep fucking bringing them back. That's the past of filmmaking. Like w- the future of filmmaking should be much bigger, much better than that. Right. We don't need these old crusty fucking, I know. you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's, that was like, Actor, you know, like yeah. now it's just like fucking people playing real people, you yeah, know, and and, exactly. and and that's we don't need more of that old shit anymore. Dare, dare I bring up the Scorsese thing, you know, where you know he's trying to make these movies where it's just real people and real situations, and fucking the studio system's like, fuck you, we're gonna make these hyper realistic films that are just cookie cutter fucking. Whatever. Hey, we love them. I love them. I go watch that shit. They're not my favorite thing in the world. I don't own the Avengers collection or anything, but I will watch every single one of them. Sure. I'm so glad that Dark Fate, even though it was directed by the uh, the same guy who did Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. I'm so glad it was not like Deadpool. Yeah. Because Deadpool just was like way fucking just too much. Like, oh, well, it is what it is. It's, it's obnoxious a, as fuck. It's very it obnoxious on purpose, you know. Right. But I it, guess Deadpool is, is that character. Yeah. It's it's interesting that they got him to do this because, I mean, it's nothing like the Deadpool movies. No. And that, all. well, he only did the first one. Right. And that's all he did. Yeah. He's directed two fucking movies and one TV show and that's it. Yeah. I looked him up and he writes like title sequences and shit like oh he's the guy who put together the thor dark world title sequence fucking let's give him a 140 million dollars to make a terminator movie smart idea yeah (laughs) it should be very successful why did it fail i don't know you gave it to a director who's never directed a fucking movie before maybe i don't know like or or directed one movie that it was successful because it was a marvel movie that was rated r i don't know maybe i'm getting okay so we got to go. Looks like we got to wrap the up. Li- the library is is giving me the uh, alligator hands, the cro- crocodile hands to you, like you, shut my mouth. You want to tell people where they can find Black Camaro's new album real quick? Oh, yeah. You can find it at blackcamaromusic.com, Protocol of Dreams on vinyl. You know what I'm saying? This is a Terminator future. That's right. Vinyl and digis. There you go. Go check that album. Right. Okay. Thanks, Dave. All right. <laughs> Sound and Vision is the name, with movie trivia being the game. The theme-based weekly wonder where you, yes you the listener, can play along by guessing the films we're throwing at you by deciphering our cryptic clues. Join us while we break down movies in a way that only me and my weekly guests can. Come and find us on all platforms which podcasts are available and get your pop culture fix. 
All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Terminator Dark Fate with Brian Garth. And like I said, Brian edited that one. So if he uh, inserted any little messages or anything like that, I... I have no idea what he did. Um, I, I haven't even listened back to it yet. I just uh, inserted it into the file here in the project, jumped to the end, and now I'm talking. So uh, I have no idea what it sounds like. I'm sure it sounds great. Brian is a professional. So uh, we'll get him back on the show one of these days soon. Um, we, we, we're actually overdue for going to a movie. There's got to be something coming up we can go see. Anyway, uh, this is January 2020. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of these in-the-can episodes that we are fitting into the schedule now that they're hitting VOD. We had Jojo Rabbit. We have Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot and Parasite. So we, we've got all these movies that are just coming out on VOD that we are releasing the episodes to correspond with that. But we will be getting into some new 2020 releases soon. So make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. We'd love to know what you're thinking of the show. So please do that. Uh, of course, five stars is the best. So especially do that. If, you, if you're thinking about reviewing us and you're like, yeah, I, I'm going to review them, but uh, it's going to be like a two or three star you could do it. I mean, I, I do want to see your reviews, but you know, you you don't have to. You can you could skip that one. But five stars, we'd love your reviews. Thank you so much. Uh, so let's you know, let's shout out real quick before we close this thing up. Awesome movie year, Bird Road, and All Rice No Beans. All Rice No Beans, of course, is the new podcast that I'm producing. Uh, I'm not sure when this one's going up, but we're a few episodes in at this point, so there's there's a bunch of All Rice No Beans for you to check out and really get a feel for the show. Go check out All Rice No Beans wherever you listen to Piecing It Together. It's a great new show about restaurants. Also, Awesome Movie Year is into its season three on the films of 1989, so check out Awesome Movie Year. And Bird Road is back. Me and my buddy Q talking about politics and culture and... Lately, we've been talking about movies a lot uh, because Q has realized that it's impossible to get me to pay attention to what's happening in the world. So we have been uh, squeezing in a lot of movie talk in there as well. So go check out Bird Row. We got a live show coming up uh, February 17th at the Golden Tiki. So we'll have more info about that soon, but uh, check out Bird Road. So all that on the All Points West podcast network. And, uh, of course, Entre Dose as well, Q's wife's show. So we have all these podcasts for you. Please go check them out. Uh, check out Brian Garth's band, Black Camaro. I, I love Black Camaro, and I actually listen to them all the time. So go check them out. They're available on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. So that about does it for today. Let's, uh, let's, play, let's play some big electronic-type track for you to go along with Terminator Dark Face, something with Skynet or whatever the hell it was called. What was it, Legion? I already forget. This movie's like half out of my brain already. Uh, something with the, with the robots taking over. Um, why don't we play the track... Oh, Dark Fate? Let's play the track Dark Rain from my album Echoes in the Dark. It was the first track on my first album. This is a good fit for this movie. So uh, this is the track Dark Rain. Enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon.
and all points west.